as seen on TV products. So in the Atlantic Terminal Mall in Brooklyn, okay, uh, where there's the Target, you know? Uh, yeah, I, th- I, I think I've been there once or twice, but not, okay. yeah. I used to, they used to be walking distance from our old apartment. I would, so you'd go there for the Target? I'd, I'd walk to the Target <laughs> okay. uh, like pretty often, and that's where I'd get like paper towels, sure. and that kind of stuff. Uh, but there used to be a store, as you're walking into the uh, to Target, it's gone, gone away now, uh, that was 1-800-mattress.com, the store. <laughs> right. And the, 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 their sign-up So, so that if they said, said visit 1-800-mattress.com, they might as well have meant this brick-and-mortar location. Right. This was, it was, you, you so it yeah. was a store. Yes. Bricks-and-mortar store selling mattresses. Yes. That was... Named after a website yes. that was named after a phone number. That's so good. 1-800-mattress.com. The store. The store. If you may... It didn't last long, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Um, All right, what's rem- the next topic? <laughs> um, I, I remember being absolutely uh, captivated by... Um, you know, as seen on TV style products, mm-hmm. things like I remember asking my mom and she eventually relented to letting me send in money. This is when you like send in a check. And so I, you couldn't send cash. And I was like, well, I have 1250 or whatever this count, this, this costs. I just don't have a checkbook. Mom, can you please write a check to get a rolling ruler? So this is just uh, a oh, ruler yeah. that has these two little like plastic rollers so that you can like draw a line. And then theoretically you can roll it and then draw a parallel line some distance away. And I was obsessed with that as a concept. And I sent off for it and got it. And I, you know, liked, liked, but didn't love it because it didn't quite roll parallel. <laughs> it didn't quite do what it, what it claimed it would do. You had to be really careful. Yeah. Uh, it, it could skew almost instantly. Oh. Um, but I, I feel like I had that, I had that ruler for a long, like it was a, prized possession hmm. it's like oh this is my as seen on tv uh rolling ruler uh that i sent off for and i remember looking at other things like you know ron popeil whatever showtime rotisserie grill uh, right and just you just said it this is yeah and forget it this is uh very closely related infomercials which i was i just loved watching this is before you know the sort of uh, pop culture recognition of them in the mm. modern age i remember liking them like I don't know if I before could say they was, were cool. Well, I'm not are you, sure. Are you an I, infomercial hipster? Uh, yeah, I was an infomercial hipster. That's right. I, I remember watching them when people thought they were just dumb. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, they're dumb, but they're sort of fascinating too. Oh yeah. They're just like, and not in a like, haha, look at them kind of way. Just more like the, it's almost like outsider art. It's mm. like this weird, um, science fiction reality that's been created, and it's created entirely for the purpose of selling this product. But it's like you've you've created this this bubble this reality warp bubble uh where everyone is concerned about a certain thing that no one would really be concerned about or everyone's really excited about something that no humans would be excited about it's like a play about humans so the thing about as seen on tv is that idea means that you are seeing this item somewhere not on tv so it's, right, you're in a store. And, and I remember the first yes. time I saw this, it was this. It blew my mind. I'm like, wait a minute. I thought you could only get this stuff on TV. And here we are in a store, and it's just here in a box. I and it's just here in a box. It? Like I what, should act now. Right, but but, but actually, I it, I felt cheated. Oh, interesting. I felt like it cheapened 
the the TV the, the TV experience right. of you had to be one of the first callers or hurry while supplies last or yes. call within the next X amount of time to do this and and now it's like oh you can just go to the store and get this like some that, old because it's so like it, any old product right and you had to like it. Often these things where you had to write a, write to them and send away, and then they because this was pre-internet. Right. What I'm talking about is pre-internet, and you would write and maybe send cat not not cash, but with like check or COD money order. What is check or money order? COD is cash on delivery. The idea being you would pay your postman. What? Yeah, that's how cash on delivery would work. Oh my gosh! And then I guess somehow he would return it to. I don't actually know how this works. All I know is what it stands for. But I believe it was you would pay the postman. The oh idea my. would be like, here's your thing. It's $15 COD. Please give me $15 so I can deliver this package. Wow. Yeah. That is crazy. I know. So, <laughs> th- I mean, this whole thing is crazy to me. Okay. But it <laughs> the was, world before the internet yeah. is crazy. Yeah. It's crazy that anything worked. Right. But it was... It, 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 that's why I felt like it was it was something special because I did watch a lot of they weren't necessarily inf, like full no, no. on infomercials there's a difference between an infomercial and just a regular commercial right I did watch the infomercials the for infomercials, sure infomercials and infomercials are their own world that's its own topic but we'll we're talking about that. the commercials like yes. the commercials it's, during it's, like, a, and it's a 30 second spot and at the end they flash that blue screen that blue screen with the you know the number you're supposed to call Call, and the address and they, they repeat that number they repeat the, that yeah. number again is 1-800-334 and then, so I actually remember, this is funny. So, uh, remember Talk Soup? Yes. With Greg Kinnear. I, I know of it. Okay. Greg Kinnear hosted a talk show on the E! Entertainment Television uh, cable channel. Uh, and then it was, um, somebody else took it over. Jim Henson, I think. No, I think. Uh, you're looking Kermit at, the Frog? No, thing? but his name was also Jim Henson or Jim Henderson or something like that. There, it, it, A guy <laughs> who had, uh, he was a funny guy, but not as funny as Greg Kinnear. And then he had like a kind of a, a, a skunk or like a white streak in his hair. I remember that was his thing. He had brown hair, but then okay. a white streak in it. Um, and then uh, Joel McHale later took it. And then they changed it to The Soup. Okay. Um, and then it got canceled and then it moved to Netflix and then it got canceled again. Okay. But we're going back to the very beginning. It was Greg Kinnear. This is pre- Greg Kinnear being like an actor, an actor in an, uh, did he win an Academy Award for uh, As Good As It Gets? He was in As Good As It Gets, which Jack Nicholson, I think, won an Oscar for. So, but he was in an Oscar caliber film. Yeah, he's he's a well-known good actor. Yeah. But this um, is before that. This is before that. And he just, you know, would sit in front of a white screen and play clips of talk shows. Yeah. And just be funny. Right. And like, and I loved that show Uh i watched that show a lot Hmm. like a lot a lot and so much so that i think that a lot of my humor (laughs) has been influenced it's talk soup based humor i would say my 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 biggest like comedic influence not that i (laughs) have a sense of humor so much but the 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 kind of like the my worldview you know was sensibilities sensibilities were shaped by greg kinnear wow um someday if you ever meet greg kinnear at a cocktail party. You should tell him that. You should sit him down and say, I just want to tell you something. This is very serious. Uh, you have single-handedly shaped my comedic sensibilities. I uh, don't think I'm going to do that. My name is Brian Walsh. I just want to ha- I just want us to start building a friendship. That's what you should that's what you should do at a party. I don't think I want to do that for for many reasons. Um, one of which is I don't like going up to people like that. Uh, just- have you ever approached a celebrity like in that capacity no no 
Have you been at no. a party, seen celebrities, and avoided going to talk to them when yeah. you could? Of course. <laughs> what do you mean? Of course. Yeah. You avoid going to to introduce yourself to to uh, people of note. Um. Yes, unless it takes a lot for me to do that, and it's, unless I have something to actually say. You feel like you need a thing, or and I'm not also talking about celebrities now, or just somebody uh, that I know of, but who doesn't know me that I want to introduce myself to right. because of professional reasons or sure. uh, personal re- you know we know somebody you won't come up with a reason you won't you won't fabricate an excuse yeah i don't i don't feel a need to like introduce myself to a celebrity like it just i to just to be able to say oh i met this person or right. anything uh, that's not that's not your thing that's not my thing or even not even just a celebrity but somebody of note like uh somebody who wouldn't be famous except in very specific you know uh, professional context or sure. what have you I, I that's i maybe I, I don't know i i don't think do you do that have you ever done that I mean, no. I've done it. No. I should say I've done it. I'm sure I've done it. I've gone up to people and say, "Oh, just want to let you know I'm a big fan of your work." Right. And it's, but it's we're not talking like a like a a list like you know movie celebrity. I'm I'm talking about like a a, a professional person uh, of some yeah. sort. Yeah. Um, uh, yes, uh, but I I agree it's um awkward. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so Greg Kinnear informed your <laughs> so Greg Kinnear uh, personally. Comedic, no, no, but just, so what? So I watched the Soup a lot. Okay, this was like talk a, soup. You're right. It was called Talk Soup at the time, um, and I was actually really upset when he when he left. Um, and there was one bit they did where they uh, they they had a faux infomercial or faux commercial for some like I think they called it Happy Fun Ball, but uh, that mm. might be wrong because I think that's actually an that, SNL that sketch. An SNL bit, yeah. And maybe I'm confusing things. Maybe my memory is, is is switching all this around. But I thought that it was they did a fake thing around this product. Okay. Let's just call it Happy Fun Bowl, even though it's not. Right. And then they did the whole, like, the all the trappings of uh, infomercial or uh, yeah. that, that spot with the blue screen. And, okay. And they would call say, now. you know. Um, but then they would say, the, the announcer would say, and I think it was Greg Kinnear as announcer, would say it really fast. Uh uh available in 49 states sorry tennessee right yeah okay so that was uh, yeah and that was a play on because that often was a one of the tropes right. of these it was, commercials it was like, it was like 48 states call 1-800 yeah. blah 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 and ask for you know this get it now get it now available you know and they'd say sorry tennessee. and you'd have to play shipping and handling uh-huh. and, tax. Uh, and then it, so that was just a joke sorry tennessee and somehow that became like i really liked that bit so i like Referenced it a couple times in my family. Okay. And then it has become a bit that my sister, Colleen, she picked up. And she now still says to this day, when something is like, a, instead of saying like, wah, wah. Yeah. She'll say, sorry, sorry Tennessee. Tennessee. But she does it a little bit wrong. Because <laughs> she doesn't know the source material. I think she, she yeah, only she, knows your telling but, of it. So she'll say, sorry, Tennessee. You know, and it's, and it's like, no, it's... <laughs> How is it? Let me get it. It's sorry, Tennessee. You know, she just does it a little bit off. The inflection's not right. Yeah. And it's also like my, my other sister, Mary, says um, from the Austin Powers uh, movie, uh, like when he's the, the big heavy guy, the fat guy in a yeah. Scottish accent, he yeah. goes, get, get in me belly. I can't say, but, yeah. and my show say, get in me belly. You know, she just says That's it way really off. Good. It's just really, that. really bad. Yeah. Yeah, where it's like it's close enough that you know what she's doing, but it's really but bad. It's far, it's <laughs> so far, far enough from what it is. It's just for such her. a yes. Uh, but so, yeah. but so, Colleen, who, and so she still does it. And, I've, and I'm like, Colleen, she says, "Sorry, Tennessee." <laughs> and she's still like, literally to this day, instead of saying "wah wah," she'll say, 
sorry tennessee and it's that's fantastic yeah and that's all based on uh as seen on tv yes it is all right what's the next topic powerpoint presentations powerpoint presentations dot ppt is the file extension i think it's now dot pptx i think that's for uh windows x or no, office no it's the they updated their file formats if yeah you're, if you're really that interested yeah in i am because it was it dot was ppt dot doc dot xls but now it's dot and now it's all of those with an with x, x added on to the end and back in 2005 maybe um they converted their file format from previously their file format had been this you know home rolled binary format home w- rolled uh, so when you create a uh file format for an application a long time ago people were much more resource constrained about storing files so they would try to store files very efficiently taking up as little memory as possible to store the information so in you know the 80s or the 90s when disk space when you know a a kilobyte or a megabyte is is a a much more precious commodity you're going to find a file format that is very efficient that, that stores it but as a side effect there are other properties of the file format that make it more inscrutable. It becomes a little bit harder to deal with um, because the way it's written to disk is so, you know, imagine a, a, you know, a sock drawer that's jam packed and it's like, Oh, look how much stuff I got in here. And it's like, yeah, but you can't access anything, right? Mm -hmm. It's just, it's, it's packed full. So in the, in the two thousands in the early two thousands, they said, okay, we're having a lot of problems with these file formats because if one thing goes wrong, the whole form, you know, the the whole file can get corrupted. Uh, It's hard to compress. It's hard to, um, to deal with programmatically. There's lots of, there's lots of problems with this file format. We'd like to have a new file format, which is based on sort of modern standards and it, it might be a little more verbose. It might, the files might be a little bit bigger, but then we can use modern compression to make them smaller. It has a lot of, it's, it's like the modern way of doing it. And so they said, okay, great, we're going to do that. And, but that means that a doc doc, a dot doc file or a dot XLS file or PPT has to become a dot, whatever that is X. And it's the XML version of this. And so the formats are basically these XML documents, um, which are then compressed using zip or whatever, just a kind of standard compression. And then, the, but the file extension is .docx or XLSX. And it's broadly, it's a, it's a, it was a really good thing for Microsoft to do sort of for future compatibility, uh, but that's why the file formats are different. I'm sorry I asked. PowerPoint presentations. .pptx. Correct. Or .ppt. Uh, they probably still work, sort of. I don't you, know. you down with .ppt? I mean, You're I, refu- I refuse to say it. <laughs> <laughs> that that actually reminds me of my favorite um, uh, uh, Arrested Development uh, line uh, that was, um, what was the Matriarch's name? Uh, Mrs. Bluth, Claire Bluth, no, Luc- Lucille, Lucille Bluth, yeah. um, goes to a... Uh, like a casual dining restaurant, like let's say a Ruby Tuesday style, and the waitress uh, she orders like the tuna or the tuna fish, and the, the the waitress clarifies plate or platter, and she responds, "I don't understand the question, and I refuse to answer." <laughs> that's yeah, that's how I feel. Yeah, PowerPoint so, presentation. <laughs> <laughs> take take three. Um, so PowerPoint presentations are um, both loved, hated and publicly hated but secretly loved that's what i think is interesting about them is it's a little bit like um i don't know junk food it's like 
it's, it's this mix of, of, of loved, hated, and this weird thing in the middle. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like, it's like uh, Josh Barrow has this bit about mayonnaise that like um, people claim to hate mayonnaise, but it's like the most popular condiment mm, and it's mm-hmm. like on everything and it's like, and like aioli is just like fancy mayonnaise. Everybody likes to complain about PowerPoints in some ways, but then it, it's kind of like there was that, that Princeton philosopher a couple, several years ago that had the, 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 the book, uh, philosophy book that he wrote called On Bullshit mm. um, that was a treatise on the nature of bullshit in our modern political economy and our modern culture. Um, and he had a line in that that I really liked that, that you know, everybody contributes their fair share uh, of bullshit, but we also believe that we are uh, more expert at deciphering and uncovering and discovering is bullshit. that like everyone thinks they're an above average driver is that it's like a it's, it's yeah. that kind of the dynamic I, th- I think so okay i think so um and so you know a lot of people think that powerpoints are a terrible way to convey information um yet a lot of people think that they're secretly better than most mm. at using powerpoint to convey mm. information so it's like um powerpoint for me but not for you okay um, in the sense of, I'm going to use PowerPoint to share information with you, but you better not share information with me through PowerPoint. Through PowerPoint. Wait, so, okay. This is interesting because I don't enjoy doing PowerPoints. Like, if it were genuinely up to me, I think I would I would mostly not present with it. Uh, how, how, what would you how, What would you do? Just talk about what I'm talking about. In other words, I'm, I'm arguing that, for the most part, PowerPoint isn't doing anything, right? That... That a, that a, in other words, what's the difference between a, you know, a PowerPoint presentation and a lecture? Usually it's just reiterating whatever it is that the person's talking about. Right. But as a result, you're not, no, one's paying atten- you know, no one's paying attention to what the person's saying. Or people are, pay- sorry, people are paying less attention to what the person is saying than they would if um, they were just speaking without anything behind them. Yeah. So, for example, I was in a meeting recently, and what was interesting is there was you know, a bunch of stuff to cover, and one of the directions for the meeting from the person who was organizing it was, okay, everyone's going to have 10 minutes. It's, you really have like 15 or whatever, but like, you know, everyone has 10 minutes to talk and no PowerPoints. The idea being each person needs to just, just talk. It's a round table, right? Like everyone's just going to talk about what it is and it's meant, and it was meant to encourage conversation and questions and discussion rather than it being a presentation to an audience, right? It's not a show. Right. And I think a PowerPoint makes it, it's it's like the it's like um you know MSG seasoning to make it seem like a presentation like a show like a like a like a thing to captivate you rather than a communication device, right? And it it, it seems because a lot of work can go into powerpoints and arguably never enough work hmm. goes into them, um, but a lot of work goes or into too much. Them. You sort of overstir the pudding. Like sure, it's easy to get it's it's easy it's easy to put a lot of work into it and have it turn out worse as a result. Yeah. Um, but to, to, to what end and how successful are and they? I think that's the question. To what end? What's the point? Because if the point is to, is, is I, I hadn't thought about what you, the, you know, the reference to the, to bullshit, but I think that is it, right? It's like, it's, it's incredibly effective at this thing that kind of looks like activity or looks like communication, but it's not really. It's an approximation. Things. It's, it's an, an approximation for yes. insight or for ideas right. in some ways. No, I would say no. there are, let's also, PowerPoint is just a, tool it's just a program uh, it's just software right um and uh and people use it in a different way so let's 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 kind of catalog some oh, of the ways that, of, yeah right. right so when there's a powerpoint presentation which is um an aid that's being um, a visual aid to accompany uh remarks right 
and there's all kinds of a spectrum of those. Right. Um, uh, some where it's literally just I'm going to read word for word what's up on the screen. Yeah. Some that are just high caliber visuals to help support um, uh, my, my 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 remarks. Okay. Um, and everything in between. And then there's PowerPoint that's used for in, the intention is a physical product, um, a, oh, okay. a deck. When they call it a deck, that's right. a you know it's you print a document, out a document that then is intended to be read, right? And and, and as a book or if you right will. as a standalone as a standalone thing and it could, to and it could either be a printed document or a PDF or something. But it, the idea is it's um, uh, it's a it's an asset that's. Uh, kind of consumed on its own without a speaker attached to it or right. not necessarily with the speaker attached right. to it so it's not just a visual aid to a presentation but maybe so in that case it's it's powerpoint as a document creation tool yeah just it's a, it's a another way of doing a word document right um but maybe just uh making it uh <laughs> desktop publishing a little bit more accessible to the masses okay. than uh, some other kind of desktop publishing software right um and I think that there are very good versions of PowerPoint decks that are used that are when used in that way, where it's as a document. As a document, hmm. uh, PowerPoint as a document, I think, can be effective. Okay, because um, usually it's printed. It's printed, more, more and it's, it's and, and 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 there are coherent thoughts and structures, and there's graphs and and visuals to help uh, articulate the story. But it's it's uh, it's almost like a memo. It's just uh, another way of writing a memo. Okay. Right, um, and you could. It's usually a horizontal memo as opposed uh-huh. to a vertical memo, and the text is usually uh, the font is usually or the typeface, I should say, uh, is usually no, in larger. This case would be font. The font is larger. Yeah. yeah. Um, then you would have a memo, and okay, fine, great. Right. Um, and I think that um, yeah, th- this this whole notion of like versions of PowerPoints gets very inter- like version hmm. control. Yeah, and I've gone, I've collaborated on PowerPoint presentations with lots of other people over the years, and where you have to go back and forth. And people- an, yeah, so when you say that, there's an interesting dynamic that that separates PowerPoints from, uh, let's say, Word documents. Even if you're going to make an otherwise similar document, which is that a Word document flows from page to page, the pages are a result of the content, whereas in a PowerPoint, it's the reverse. The individual slides, quote unquote pages, are the artifacts. And it is, you, put is con- you put content into those. To fit, and it's a structure. And what right. is it we're trying to say on this page? Whereas uh-huh. on a Word document, you're just, well, what are we trying to say? That's right. It and might fit it, on this page. It might right. keep on going to the and, next. And it doesn't matter. flow or whatever. But in PowerPoint, it's like, oh, each slide has to each tell you something. Each slide is a thing. Right. So yeah. the slide, the page, is the is the main unit yeah. that you're dealing with here. But I, I would say, like, there are, um, when you see a really good PowerPoint, it's it, it can be very impressive, and I've been impressed. I would say it's a small number, uh-huh. a small percentage, but when you see a really good PowerPoint deck, a slide deck um, that's put together, that that has a very compelling narrative to it, has a very compelling structure that takes you on a journey that informs um, and that engages, and when, that when you do, when you're describing this, are you mentioning the the being in in the presentation or being consuming this as a document? I'm saying as consuming as a document. Really? Yeah. I'm trying to imagine ever having had this experience. I've had where I've I've had I've read through yeah PowerPoints yeah sl- decks printed okay. decks or yep. PDF decks, not having the person read it to me or right. speak to it, and I'm like, oh, that's a that's a very good deck. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's rare though. No, no. Yeah. Okay. But that's different than a presentation. Yes. All right. 
So it seems like you're saying that it's it's there's like just I, as I, common I, for it to be a document. For and you. I, yeah, I don't know if huh. this is the right nomenclature, but you know, and I, I mean, but so I when I think of a deck, a PowerPoint deck, I think of like a printed document, right? That's a, a leave behind or a send beforehand or a pre-read or uh-huh. whatever, right? Uh, some kind of collateral, uh, and then uh, I, I think of a, a PowerPoint slideshow mm-hmm. or presentation right. as something that's presented alongside. Uh, remarks. Do you think that PowerPoints are created with with you know one of those in mind or with both of those in mind? Well, the best ones are presented or created with one of those in mind. Right. I, I think it's hard to do both. It's very hard. No, it's, it's or it's, maybe it's, impossible. It's, maybe it's, it's not it, possible it, yeah. to do both well. You have to just you have to choose. Yeah. The the one thing is uh, the one feature of PowerPoint creations that I really, I've never used and I've, and I get frustrated when other people use it. And this is just a personal kind of, uh, user experience, uh, the notes in, in slides. Okay. So we have, we have two colleagues that, um, I work on PowerPoints with, and I see some of their PowerPoints or they, and I give notes to their PowerPoints and vice versa. And they are both heavy users of notes. The notes at the bottom. At the bottom. Yeah. That, that, I am not, and actually, they they both have the tendency to write like the notes are what they would say, like the full sentences like of the, what they the, would say. The it's like the script say, to go yeah. along with it. I, I know a lot of people who do that. That's and, a that's and, a common pattern. And I get, and so I'm not. And these are people I like and I respect and are smart. And so it's just a personal preference. Like to me, that's crazy. Also, because well, I I first of all, I never script things out like no, that to yeah, that degree. Okay, fair enough. But but, also, but even imagine if it were just not the script, but just you know notes, literally notes, uh, an outline of what you want to say. Yeah. Well, I think it's it's um, to to me it's 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 where it's like when you're presenting it. How do you see it? Um, well, this is one of the problems I've heard. I was actually just listening to a podcast talking about this a little bit, which is um, you know you, the right way to do it is a two screen setup, right? Where you have the the presenting screen. Let's say it's behind the speaker is different than the screen that they're looking at. And which that's is so rare that that's the case. Well, getting it to work is is diff- It's I mean. It shouldn't be difficult, but in practice, it, it almost never works that way. Yeah. Um, and, or you print out your own, and now you're going through, but inevitably, you've made edits since you printed it out. <laughs> right, and, then and I, I'm comfortable just sort of, it, not winging it, but like um, being um, extemporaneous in the way I phrase whatever it is. I, I like to practice well enough that I know what I'm going to say, what the beats are on each page, and I just have it memorized, and my exact phrasing might adjust a little bit, but it's going to come out... You know, it's going to sound coherent when I say it, as long as I know what I want to say per slide. I don't. Whereas I know other people who can sound just as um, naturalistic as I might uh, in in sort of speaking extemporaneously, but they are like literally reading a script, and yet they can do it in an extrem- in a in a naturalistic way. And I find that amazing because if I'm reading a script, I don't know. I, f- I find that I find it hard to to read a script and and sound as natural as I would if I'm just coming up with the phrasing on on the fly. Yes, I also feel that I have difficulty reading a script. If you and were uh, the making it sound CEO natural. of a company, uh, or you're you know founder of a company, you're the sort of benevolent dictator of, of your own company. What um, sort of communication standards or or norms would you want to create? You know, in other words, one of the reasons we do PowerPoint is because our CEO, our management, the corporate culture, and so on of the company where we work responds favorably to PowerPoints. Like that's that's sort of like a, a common way of communicating. But not every company is like that. Some do yeah. it more, some do it less, some do other things. You know, uh, Jeff Bezos famously likes the likes the one page or what is it, one to six page memo and people read it ahead of time and there and there are other ways of doing it, right? 
Um, what what would you do if you could wave a magic wand and make make things a certain way? Um, so I uh, I think I would do something that responds to um, the fact that people uh, like to uh, convey information and consume information in, in, in different ways. I personally happen to be more of a visual communicator, um, so I like visual diagrams and um, uh, and sometimes. PowerPoint can be a way to lend themselves to that, but PowerPoint can also be a way to obfuscate. Hmm. Um, and I also like reading really good type prose hmm. and like an executive summary with bullet points that get gets at uh, an issue. So one to, to, or a two page executive summary I think can be really powerful. But I know not uh, not everybody uh, uh, is as strong of a reader or as strong of a writer. But I would also say, but so for me personally, I'm actually I would if I were the CEO. Um, I would have more dashboards than anything. Hmm. Um, what, what do you mean by a dashboard? I mean, um, uh, it depends obviously what kind of business, sure. but um, some kind of template of here are the key stats that we KPIs, the KPIs, right? No, but but the 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 the, the right level of detail um, that helps you make. Good decisions, and it and the idea is it's a it's a template or a format that, that is that doesn't take forever re, to create reused yeah. in in these in whatever this, these recurring meetings are. right and then maybe it's or maybe you're looking at them in real time sure. right and you can just pull up the dashboard no one has to create any work to do this and you just right boom 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 the report is run and you get to see it okay here is this week versus last week or this quarter versus last quarter or here are projections um, and then so you, then that leads to a more robust conversation because I think too often. PowerPoint can be, I was just in a meeting this week where PowerPoint was used extensively to uh, update uh, people on an organization and it was uh, it was not effectively used. There's just hmm. a lot of a lot of bullet points and reading bullet points. There were a lot of like, uh, you know, maybe big key numbers on one page, but out of context, you know, and just hmm. like literally the number 115 or something. Right. It's like, ugh. And then they would speak to it. I'm like, yeah, but no, give me some reference right. and some context here. Uh, and then there was one section that was uh, literally a screenshot of a dashboard that okay. I was like, oh, this is, that's spot on. Right. Because it didn't, you, all you did was a screenshot. There's no, you know, extra work. So you, you, also, I'm very conscious of how much time went into right. the, the, the production of all of this. And you think about how much time right now is being put into producing a presentation for a meeting yeah. tomorrow, next week. Yeah. That... And how much of that time is wasted? And I would argue a lot of that time of is wasted mm -hmm. and that there is more effort is put into presentations than is necessary. And maybe at the same time, not enough effort is put into presentations than is necessary. So well, I, I think, think we have the mis, uh, misapplication of resources. Yeah, it's, it's not the raw amount of, uh, of effort. It's, it's what is the effort going toward? Yeah. I think, you know, the effort is go, going toward, you know, bullshit production or it's it, a flash or, or, or it's just, you know, polishing the wording of your bullets when more energy should maybe go into, is that what you want to say? Right. Does this even make sense? Um, right. I mean, the fact is communication is hard. Writing is hard. Reading is hard. Um, I think the promise of PowerPoint is we'll make it easier. It'll get worse, but it's easier. <laughs> And we'll put enough um, a polish on top to give everyone an excuse to pretend like it's not worse. So when you say like, oh, I don't know if everyone's a strong enough writer or a strong enough reader, what I hear is, yeah, people aren't good at communicating. 
our standards are low. Right. And we need PowerPoint to cover that up. Right. That 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 there's a mediocrity in communication because it's it's, well, it's, it's a, a genuinely difficult problem. It's it's a race to the bottom or lowest common denominator kind yeah. of thing. And right? so it's like, well, we can't expose the fact that most people in this organization are bad at are, are are mediocre too bad at communicating. So instead, we're gonna just kind of like professionalize this mediocre communication. Right. But I, I would say just back to like what I would do, I would have, you know, some key high level dashboards that are automatically generated right. um, that are providing the right level of detail about the right uh, metrics and the right information uh, that are appropriate to the people who are consuming those dashboards to be able to make have an informed discussion and make, uh, uh, you know, enlightened um, and informed uh, decisions about what actions to take. And the other piece is having key high-level visual diagrams uh, to articulate a process model or a flow so or you're imagining a challenge. Drawings, diagrams, visual visual ways of communicating things. Yeah, that could be in a PowerPoint, but or it could just be one slide. Right. right? You know, it could be printed out. It, it could, could be, be there, you know. But I'm I'm a fan uh, again, I'm a visual communicator and I think that and I appreciate what you're saying about, you know, being in a meeting where people are just aren't allowed to present out but or just mm. be able to talk. And I, I think that can be effective in some ways. But I also feel like there are some people that are very good at talking. Mm-hmm. And in the moment, and because they're such effective speakers and communicators, you're wowed and you're like, holy cow, I was just inspired or I was just uh, convinced. I was just persuaded of those points. Um, but then if you actually read a transcript of what they said, you'd be like, oh, there's nothing there. Hmm. Well, this is why I think the um, sort of a multi-dimensional uh, way of communicating is 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 better is best because some you know often a diagram you know there, there's a reason why they say a picture is worth a thousand words uh, often a diagram or a picture can do what would otherwise take lots and lots of talking yeah and and sometimes but you know this is why I would say I like the idea of the one page summary you know the executive summary I like the idea of speaking without. PowerPoint slides behind you. I also like the idea of like, you know, having visual aids and so on. But there is something about the format of the slides and clicking through the slides that I find, um, what is the right word? Like I can feel myself being um, manipulated almost. Right. It's a little bit like... um, This is like the... Uh, Edward Tufte like kind of critique of PowerPoint. Well, right? he, yeah, he's he's got a uh, you know ex- extensive critique of it, but um, and I think most of his points are are strong. But I'm talking about a very particular thing, which is like um, it feels like I felt in school when they would say when there would be rules in like let's let's say it's like um, you know late junior high early early high school where. You're almost an adult. You're almost like, you know, you're like, you're like 14, 15, right? You're old enough to be, you know, somewhat aware of the world, but you're still a kid. And so a lot of times they still have rules that are sort of lar- lowest common denominator rules, like safety scissors or something. Like, I'm just going to make an example, right? It's like, you're, imagine you're in a, uh, an art class or something like that. And you realize that they all have these safety scissors and they don't work very well. And the reason is because if they had good scissors, those are sharp and a kid cut himself one time. And so whatever. And you're like, okay, so I get it. We can use these. But everybody knows that when I go home, for example, I got real scissors and I'm going to do the real thing. And like this, so we're all just kind of walking through this um, artificial 
it's all it's like an emperor has no clothes kind of scenario like mm. we all know this isn't good but we're all going to walk through it because to do anything else would reveal the fact that like this isn't as easy as we're pretending that it is powerpoint is this veil is this is this excuse to do a suboptimal form of communication because it's easier and so it's training wheels um training wheels sort of implies that you're going to graduate, graduate to, the next, to, to yeah. the next level it's a convenient excuse it's an artificial restriction it's an artificial restriction that's right and it comes and the reason people like it is because it comes with the benefit of um swapping out the true difficult communication for for something that's close but much easier right or what's that uh what's that uh that technique what's it called when uh when singers uh, artificially auto-tune auto-tune so I think what this is, is PowerPoint is auto-tune for critical thinking. That's exactly what it is. It is, it, right. And just like auto-tune, where like, I mean, I know there's, there's like subtle good ways of doing it, but like what we think of is, oh well, yeah, they're on pitch, but it sounds almost robotic. Right. And so it doesn't sound good. It's just not off pitch. Yeah. And, and it's key. like, oh yeah, those text boxes are aligned right. <laughs> and right. there, there yeah. are, there's an even number of bullet points yeah. to match that headline. Yeah. But those ideas don't, the ideas add don't up. go together. They right. don't add up to a coherent idea. That's right. Or they but it do, looks but good. it's not a good idea. You got the formatting or, yeah. right, but that's, that's right. a, that's a stupid idea. Yeah. It's auto tune. And yeah. I have the same reaction to it where it's like, uh, there's a time and a place, but I don't want to live my life in auto tune. Right. All right. Next topic. Girl Scout cookies. Girl Scout cookies are, well, I have a few thoughts about this. Okay, so I want to talk about some of my favorite Girl Scout cookies. Please do. And some the no thank you Girl yeah. Scout cookies. And um, some things about Girl Scout cookies that I love. Yeah. The concept behind Girl Scout cookies that I love. Mm-hmm. Um, are you still it, laying out the agenda of what you're about to cover? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I decided that that's what I want to do for these <laughs> topics. Because, I mean, the way this podcast works is you spring these topics on me. I haven't thought about them, heard about what you're going to... How many times are you going to explain the premise to me? as a time filler while you figure out what you're going to say. Well, now is, is definitely <laughs> one of those times. Uh, but now so you're, now I you're, talk now about my, I want to talk about you're my favorite pivoting Girl Scout to, a, to agenda laying out. Yeah, I'm going to lay a, out my agenda. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I want to talk about my favorite cookies. Okay. I want to talk about the, 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 the advances in Girl Scout cookie technology. Yep. Um, and, and also uh, some things about the, the concept of Girl Scout cookies that I love, mm-hmm. and then some things about the concept of Girl Scout cookies that I do not love. Okay, I got it. Let's start with that, what I do not love. All right, we're going backwards. Uh, and, you know, I don't, I don't know this, uh, f- the, these facts at my fingertips, but I remember uh, learning at some point that Girl Scouts, uh, each troop or Girl Scout yeah. group or whatever, earns like pennies per really? box. Like maybe like 25 cents or it's 50 cents. It's less than cents. you think. It's less than you think. Okay. Um, and Because uh, when you buy your like $40 box of Girl Scout cookies, I, I don't know, whatever they cost, it's, it's the, more than... The box The box itself is five bucks, let's say. Okay. Give or take maybe four to six. I think the assumption is that they're getting some significant portion of that. No. That's the implication. That, I, I don't think that's right. Not, it's, it's, it's way less than you think. Okay. And there is a for-profit company, you know, no, you know capitalism, yay, that, that actually makes these Girl Scout cookies and like, you know, it, it, it earns most of the revenues, ah, it, right? Uh-huh. Um, so and the Girl Scouts are just the distribution. Yeah. For and, and the sales channel. They're the sales and distribution of this, right? Yeah. Very clever. Uh, very clever. Uh, so I, I've uh, been to the Rockefeller Foundation uh, offices here in New York. There, mm-hmm. uh, and their offices, uh, really nice offices, and they're in the this building uh, over on uh, like Fifth Avenue, uh, and the building. Uh, is also the building of the Girl Scout okay. World Headquarters, ah. or maybe National Headquarters. I'm not sure. Uh, and they, but 
the name of the building or the, the, the signage on the building doesn't say Rockefeller Foundation. They're just uh, a tenant. But the building is the Girl Scouts. Like, like that's they the have sign. A, a big... The Girl Scout logo. A big logo yeah. uh, sign outside of uh, yeah. this building. Um, so, you know, the Girl Scouts... They're are, doing okay. They're doing all right. Yeah. You know, the, 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 They've got some New York real head, estate. Yeah, at the headquarters level. <laughs> um, so that's, that's some concerns. And this is... Uh, I don't want to cast uh, aspersions. Um, and so there might be... Uh, legitimate reasons and and good justification for uh, the the price breakdown per box. So, okay, but I just want you to mean how much the troop gets? How much or? each troop gets versus okay. the the for profit company that's sure. actually uh, making the money here? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's my concerns. What I what I do like about it is it does um, teaching having the girls be the sales and distribution actually is a good skill. It's a helpful mm. skill. It it you know when I see it's um, a project. It's a project, and it's. They have goals that they set, sure, and they have to work together, but also compete. Uh-huh. Um, and they have to, you know, schedule with their with their parents to set up uh, tables outside the local grocery store mm-hmm. or uh, or what have you. And I love that. I love okay. when I see them. Um, and then they have to, you know, work with their parents to reach out to their friends and families. And uh, I've had uh, nieces who have done it. And mm-hmm. I've always bought them. Um, and then I actually have a good friend. Uh, <laughs> this is the new innovation that I was going to mention. Who this year her her daughter uh, had a website, her very own, you know, website. But it was, you know, she just put her name. It was like yeah. the Girl Scouts okay. created this. You know, you uh, can have a gr- you like the the Girl Scouts organization provides a yeah. storefront for for that you can just customize your own landing page. Got it. Um, and so it was actually great. And so I ordered. Uh, a whole bunch of Girl Scout cookies. Uh, when I got the email, I was like, "Sure, I want to help support her." Mm-hmm. And so I went and I ordered a bunch—a bunch, maybe meaning six to ten boxes, something like That's that. That's a bunch. It was a bunch. That's more than I would have guessed. And I actually thought, "Okay, great. I'm gonna uh, bring these in yeah. to the office, yeah. not have them at home, yeah. and like sabotage my coworkers and just leave them out for other people to eat, or just give them a delightful treat throughout the day. A delightful treat that is sabotaging them. What? Now, hang on. I know you mean that tongue in cheek. I mean that tongue-in-cheek but I, I think the sabotage is entirely the responsibility of the consumer of the cookies in this case somebody who consumes one cookie is sabotaging nothing right but if you uh if somebody is like uh, a coke addict sure and you put some like lines of coke yeah out and out for them do you that, know you that any of your co-workers are the equivalent of a coke addict i mean i like to think that most of us are the equivalent of a Coke addict right. when it comes to Girl Scout cookies um, that are just freely no, available. No, that's I see. I disagree. I, I I follow your logic, and I I think there is something to that, um, to to this sort of um, moral responsibility you feel to not create an attractive nuisance. Right. I agree. But given that, yeah, we are all hardwired to enjoy sugar and fat. <clears throat> And Girl Scout cookies are a well-engineered delivery vehicle of that. Mm-hmm. But that's a constant presence in every Dwayne Reed that we all walk through, right? The the fact that you can trivially get, you know, tens of thousands of calories of delicious sugar, right? That is, is mm-hmm. fighting against our... Yeah, exactly. Sweet, sweet sugar. I, I'm pushing back against the idea that you personally, for putting out uh, cookies, let's say, are um, culpable of sabotage. It's tongue-in-cheek. Keep going. That was my intent. But then I had these Girl Scout cookies at home. <laughs> I hadn't brought them to the office yet. Yeah. And slowly but surely. Yeah. 
You sabotaged. I sabotaged myself. Oh and, man! And and my husband and guests. We you know when visitors would come. You sabotaged would, them one by one. One by one. They walk in the door. Um, and, and then by I the did, time I, they left, they're like, "I feel sabotaged." <laughs> I, I think I did bring uh, maybe two boxes of that initial batch into the office, uh-huh. uh, of which I probably ate you know the the, the majority. Um, <laughs> at the office. At the office, I did put them out. And did, how when you say majority, out? I didn't eat the majority. I definitely ate the most. Okay. Of. Of those who consumed those like two boxes I brought, yeah. I ate the most. You ate the plurality. Uh, the plurality of correct, thank you. Girl Scout cookies. But so I, I then went handily online, went to my friend's email, and found her daughter's uh, online store and ordered another bunch. Oh yeah, yeah. What's another bunch? Another half dozen? Another half dozen. Okay. Yeah. Now. <clears throat> I'm sure you'll get to this, but I'm interested in your breakdown of what you're ordering. Yeah, this is the good stuff, right? Okay. Uh, I mean, the good part of the top, because <laughs> people really have, they're partisans for certain. I think that's right. Right? Um, so, I like a Thin Mint. Sure. Who doesn't? Well, I, yeah, exactly. Oh, oh, you're saying, you, wait, you're, you're getting, that's, I the, do like that's, a thin mint. that's the like, predicate so to of, what you're yeah, about to say. Of course I like a Thin Mint. Who, yeah. Yeah, you, you, you know, it's it's the innocuous, you know, of course, you know, it's like the mayonnaise of Girl Cockle. Everybody mm. likes it. Fine. Uh, and maybe they don't like to admit that they like it sometimes, but everybody likes it. I mean, who doesn't like it? Okay. And yes. then, then I tried out the new s'mores flavor, which... I don't think I'm familiar with those. That's it, new. Okay. Um, and it's fine. Does it's it taste fine. like what I'm imagining? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's fine. It does a trick. I, I wonder if you had a microwave or just something. Maybe there could be some fun things with it. Maybe a little bit warm, but it's fine. It does a trick, but it doesn't. It's it's not um, doing a lot for me. Now, for a long time in my life, I did not like shredded coconut. Mm. Just that is a uh, polarizing ingredient. Yeah, for for many for my decades. My, my wife, my wife Jess. Hi Jess. Uh, doesn't like it. I want to say hi to Jess too. Hi Jess. Okay. What about Jack? Um, hi, Jack. How are you? <laughs> and I like it uh, enough. I, I, I like it most of the time. Yeah. I, I, I liked it none of the time. Yeah. Uh, because I think it was my, my mother uh, would always do at Easter, a, um, she had a, a mold of a bunny rabbit yeah. for cake. And so okay. she'd have this bunny cake. Uh-huh. Was, um, and it, she would put it like, with vanilla icing and then drape it with shredded coconut. And I loved the cake, but I couldn't eat the coconut icing. So that oh, was like the okay. one cake that I didn't have, right? Because of the coconut. But but something turned on me. Something turned in me. Maybe not on me. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And at some some sometime in the past decade, I started to like coconut shredded coconut in certain contexts and certain qu- right. quantities. Sort of specific quantities. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Certain in specific contexts. In specific contexts. Shredded coconut's okay with me. And in Samoa's, Samoa's? Yep. Yeah. That's now a a, a leading contender yes. for one of my favorites. Yeah. In no, a way I, that I've I used to hate them. it. I used yeah. to be like, ugh, what is this? I, I understand how in that context, it's the it's the mixture of the the caramel. It's how it's the it's the it's a texture um, play. Like yeah. Samoa's taste good, but they really just taste sweet, right? It's it's like caramel chocolate and some other things to me the 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 reason samoas are are enjoyable to eat is the texture is the mixture of the coconut the crunch the crunch the chocolate the caramel it's a lot of things happening that all go together yeah so but my uh and and there then there's other so i'm i'm a a samoa convert convert um and but my the one that is just perfection to me tag along yeah so good they're really good 
I'm a sucker for peanut butter. Uh, we know that already. Yeah. And so it doesn't surprise me that tagalongs are your favorite. When I was a kid, my mom would periodically, maybe twice a year, make uh, these cookies that I associated with a particular aunt. It was like, oh, you know, this is whoever's recipe, right? Mm. And the cookies were, uh, you take two Ritz crackers and you you put peanut butter between them. And then, and this was the this was the involved part, is that you you put up a double boiler with melted chocolate, and you dip them repeatedly in the double in the melted chocolate, and then you let them out to to dry. Mm. And so you have these Ritz crackers with peanut butter in the middle that are covered in chocolate. Ooh. So they would make those periodically, and they're they're fantastic. But yeah. it's kind of an involved process, and that's why we only did it every once in a while because you kind of needed two adults to mm. like get the whole thing going. And so it was like a thing that I remember watching as a small child. And I remember when I had a tag along, that's what it made me think of. It was like, oh, it's crunchy and it's peanut butter and it's covered in chocolate. Reminds me, my friend, uh, Chris, growing up, his mom would make Buckeyes. I don't know what that, that is. That they are uh, peanut butter uh, balls covered in Ye- chocolate. Okay. But there's a little piece of it that's not fully chocolate, you know, yeah. so, and it, so it looks like a Buckeye. Oh, I see. The, from the Buckeye State. Okay. Uh, and so... So, so tagalongs are the best. Are, are your best? Okay. Can I ask favorite. you um, a follow up peanut butter related question? Yes. Dosi dos. I used to love dosi dos. Used to. They don't. They don't. I, I've, I've swung swung my partner around. I see. And you I, don't dance that way. I anymore. don't dance that way anymore. Um, I remember as a kid having uh, dosi dos. My sister was a girl, girl scout. So we would have kind of one box of everything growing up, you know, because it's not like, well, we couldn't have a whole lot of boxes, but, you know, she would want to get one of everything. And I was, I don't know if I was the only one who liked dosi dos, but I, I remember like feeling like I had a lot of those available to me, but I could easily sort of overdose on the um, peanut butter. So I, I'm sorry, I was, I was, I was listening to you, but I was, I was Googling uh, for dosi dos because I wanted to make sure um, I, uh, had the right one. It's the sandwich cookie with uh, yeah. peanut butter in the middle. So and, it, and it has a very peanut, but like the, it, the whole thing is basically feels like a peanut butter cookie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, it's, I think to it's, me, it's, I think it's too much. It's fine. Like, like one of them is fine, but it's easy to have too much of that. Yeah. Maybe one is fine. I think to me where it breaks down is the cookie itself. Yeah. It's the, not that the great. The wafer is um, too crunchy, uh, too thick. Yeah. And it's just it, too dry. Too I dry. Say, yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm just looking now, and there are a couple other. Oh nope, that just took me to a link. Um, it's good radio. Oh, that's the trefoil. The trefoil. It's the trefoil. The, it's the shortbread cookie. Th- that's the. Uh, it's the non-cookie. It's the non-cookie. It's, it doesn't. Even, it hardly even counts. It's like the intern who they let on stage. It's like, yeah, no, I get it. You're an edible thing, but this is not. You're not bringing. You're literally just a Girl Scout cookie-shaped um, shortbread cookie. Yeah, it just not doesn't do it for me. Um, so it's the equipment manager of it's the, water, it's the water boy. It's the water boy. Um, so the but what I will say the other thing I want to say about Girl Scout cookies the idea about it because I do I do think it does teach some skills of entrepreneurship and project planning and you know working together but also competing I think these are all good skills for for girls to learn um, but I think uh, what what I've always been bothered by is when the parent. Uh, decides to buy out, you know, the lot yeah. to, to, or the, the the person with the right checkbook right. can swoop in. I think that's unfair. Uh, 
uh, and I think that it teaches the wrong lessons. Although maybe it teaches them the wrong, the right lesson because that's, <laughs> yeah, that's probably the, that, more accurate for how the world right, works. Right, you might as well learn that now. Yeah, um, but it uh, it always it always bothers me when people do that. Uh, the other thing that I that while I applaud and I appreciated the effort to just go on the store and uh, online store and order them, and then they came, they delivered like within you know a week or so. Um, I love the convenience of that. There's something I miss about that paper, that that big, the sheet, the big sheet. Yeah. And there's something very satisfying about writing your name uh-huh. and then finding the cookies and writing the hash, the number of you hashes, like filling and out numbers. that form. And that's something very analog uh-huh. in our digital world. And that you had to fill this out and put in your information, and then it would be sometimes months later, <laughs> right? Months later. Yeah. It's like you sent off for them. You sent off for them. Yeah. And and I, there's something that. You know, you know this movement of slow food and all those kind of things, mm-hmm. like uh, artisanal world. Like, there's something about that. Yeah. About the that you, you would almost for, it would almost be a surprise right. when the Girl Scouts cookies actually arrived because so, you forgot that you ordered them. So what if um, like February Brian had ordered them and now like April Brian is getting to enjoy them and that's amazing. It's a it's a treat from your former self. Yeah. So should Amazon have a special um, membership tier that you can pay for which is um deliberately slow shipping well they do have that option um no rush delivery uh, yeah and then they give you some credit like a dollar digital credit for you know whatever um yeah amazon Uh, amazon bucks yeah and um the the incentives are never enough for me for the amazon bucks but as far as i'll sometimes do it when i really don't care or if i order something right that i don't and and I actually do like that. I, it's happened to me where something comes weeks later that yeah. I totally forgot about. And it's like a little, it's like a little bit of Christmas. A little oh. bit of fun. Oh, what is this? Nice. All right. What's the next topic? Burnout. 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 The concept that uh, having been engaged in a project, a profession, a job, some a really something for a long time, you can you can have what they call burnout. Yeah. I so I. The, the the my mind went to a different definition, related definition of burnout. I think of you're thinking of a, the way you're describing that is almost like a uh, uh, an adjective, maybe not an adjective, but I was thinking of a noun, no, like no. a burnout person, like a burnout. Oh, you describe, meant, yeah, like no. a like a druggy. Yeah, like a, I don't mean it as a description of a person. Yeah. Well, I'm okay. So I'm talking. Let's let's do a take two. Burnout. Burnout. So we're talking about like a description of like a druggy person. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning, leave it in. Let's <laughs> start over. <laughs> right. So what we're talking about is you know, start over, when so. you're burnout, burnout. That's that's the topic. Okay, it's the topic. So this is like when when you've been engaged in a project and you've been putting a lot of work. No, I mean, into like it. a druggie or a <laughs> <laughs> burnout, burnout. So like when you're, uh, you know. You, you've been hard at work for too long or there, I don't know. I don't want to diagnose it. I'm curious sure. what your, what your considerations of, of it, of burnout when it comes to a job or a project or some obligation you have or something like that. Yeah. Or daily life, a podcast, a podcast. <laughs> uh, there's definitely, uh, there's a time. Uh, so I don't have a set schedule, right. In my, in my job. I do have a lot of work to do, and I do have meetings and, and things like that. But um, 
I don't have to catch a train at a certain time generally, right. you know. And so um, at the end of the day can come for me in a pretty wide window, mm-hmm. um, unless I have an appointment or an obligation or of some sort. I generally have some flexibility at the end of my day about what time I end it. Okay. But at the end of each day, um, there's some days where I keep on plugging away and like I feel like I'm in the zone and I'm getting some stuff accomplished and I feel really good. And then there's other times where I'm like, I have like, you know, four different PowerPoints open. I have like three different like Excel's uh, spreadsheets open. I've like, I've started six different emails and I have 30 like tabs on my uh, mm. Chrome browser, you know, open. And I'm like, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm out. I'm yeah. out for the day. It's too much. It's just too much. Yeah. You know, some days I can, I can keep on plugging away and make it through and I close all the windows and I get, you know, I, uh, one of, <laughs> one of my, I'm not sure if this is a good productivity hack. Um, Cause I don't think I'm, necessarily productive um or at least not in the i shouldn't be in the business of giving out productivity uh tips but i will like like start i will reply to emails and start those when and then have all the ones i i need i need i know i need to either reply to or initiate the email and i won't leave until i've done all those Mm. um like you, you finish and that's all my, of that becomes like the the email windows that are open have become my like to do list by the end of the day. Oh, that's funny. I don't do it that way. Yeah. Huh, okay. Um, and then there's some days though that I'm like, ah, uh, my mind is f- I'm I'm done. Yeah. I'm tapping out and like I know so there is are that, those. Would you call that burnout? I think that's that's a daily burnout. It's sort right? of a micro burnout. It's a micro it's a burnout. A it's local like, burnout. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And then I come in the next morning and I you know pl- plum right. you know. Plug them away. But the traditional definition of burnout is more like you come in the next morning and you just can't, you can't find the enthusiasm you started the day with. Yeah, I, no, I, I think that's, I think it's right that, that I, 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 I don't, I mean, the classic, what's the tropes around in our culture yeah, right, around okay. uh, around burnout? What it would, like, I think of it as closely related. It's 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 sort of a um, situational, um, externally focused, sort of parallel to depression. Where it's like you you know you're you're making an attempt you you would like to be enthusiastic about a project or a, a, an obligation or a role or whatever the thing is that we're talking about, but whereas depression is sort of like coming from the inside, mm. this is sort of like about this external thing. You're just but you is, just you is just this, can't. Is this existential ang- angst? Is this ennui? What is this? Um, well, this is partly. What, I don't know that there is a definition. Maybe there is, and, and I just don't know it. But I think of it as like in the same way that when depression, the, one of the reasons depression is difficult is because when you're depressed, the depression itself sort of resists treatment, right? It's like you. you the, the solution is to sort of find a way out of that frame of mind, but that's most difficult when you're in that frame of mind. Burnout. It's like. It feels when you're in it. It feels like the only solution is to finish the work that you have burnout on. Oh, interesting. Right? It's got this sort of like resistance to 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 being solved. Um, so I'm going to give a scenario from a movie reference, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll see if this is burnout or depression. Burnout okay. or depression. Yeah. Uh, so it's City Slickers. Okay. We have Billy Crystal yep. and Daniel Stern, and okay. they are professionals. In, I think they work for a radio station and okay. they sell advertisements. I, I've seen the movie, but I I don't remember. I don't. Most of this it. is very vague. Fine, um, but uh, memory of mine because it's I haven't seen it in okay. at least twenty years. And but it's they're coworkers. Fun. They're coworkers, and they're uh, they're talking about like they play a clip. One of them plays a clip to the other of an ad that the other one had sold um, on the air, and it was like a weird bad jingle. Mm-hmm. And he said, "This is a bad ad. Why did we?" 
why did you get let this get done? We used to make fun of people who would sell these kinds of ads. Mm-hmm. And, it, and then the other one said, well, we are just selling air. We're literally just selling air. There's nothing to our jobs. And so there's this kind of like angst mm-hmm. to the situation. And they felt like the sense of dread of like that their, their professional lives were adrift mm-hmm. and they had lost their step. And so their solution was to go on this Western right, to, adventure. Right. That, and, that and, was the... And go on the cowboy adventure. That was the catalyst to, that led to the rest of the movie. Right. Yeah. Okay. And, and so, but so what I'm not clear is, were they experiencing burnout? Like they just needed to go out and, and ride, uh, ride horses for a few weeks out in the West um, and then return to their advertising sales job at whatever radio station they worked at. Or were had that they were they having existential dread about the fact that their professional lives didn't have as much meaning as they were hoping to have? I I think of depression as being more global and, and burnout as being more local. I think you have burnout in relation to a thing, but it's but I think of burnout as uh, like a, a sort of stereotypical example is I have, you, you're sort of burnt out uh, on your job. You're sort of like whatever, you know, some for, for whatever reason. So when you go to your job, you feel trapped or you just don't have the energy or you can't focus or you don't like it or whatever the whatever the symptoms are. But then maybe your hobbies, your other relationships are, are fine. And you're in, you know, you can't you can't wait to get home to walk your dog or to see your friends or whatever, because um, that's all fine. But you're, you're burnt out on this project or you're burnt out on this this, this thing. So all I need is a two week vacation, and then I'll come back refreshed and maybe, ready to go. Maybe I don't know. This is that I think it's an open. But yes, that's that's the kind of classic example is like why you should take vacations, why you should take breaks. Right. And so and so, on. so the city uh, slickers is it they were they going? Oh, we just need to clear our head and go out into the west and be in the wide open, and we'll come back and we'll be able to but tackle okay. our jobs. Or is it we need to make a change in our lives? Right. So I I don't know what the solution is. I'm curious what your your thoughts are. I think it would be depression if he felt that way. They had that conversation and they say, we're just selling air and, and it doesn't matter. And we used to make fun of the people who did this. And then he went home and had a similar, like, just can't win attitude or posture toward uh, his wife or toward his friends or toward a hobby he used to like or toward everything. I think of depression as this this sort of blanket that affects everything in your right. life. Whereas I think of burnout as as localized, as yeah. right? Um so what are the solutions to, I mean, this is not a mental yeah. health podcast, so we're not going to talk about like I don't depression. think anybody thinks that. Yeah. <laughs> um, the next what, topic is anxiety. <laughs> what are the, what are, how, what are some of the typical solutions to right. burnout? So vacation is kind of your go-to, right? You're, you're, you've been working uh, too hard or whatever. So, you know, uh, sort of healthy company culture orthodoxy says, uh, make sure people go on vacations so that you don't have burnout. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's wrong necessarily, um, but I'm interested like in, you know, there are definitely times when I've felt like I've had burnout and the solution is don't do that thing anymore. Hmm. It's a little bit like the solution to your bad relationship is to break up with that person. The solution to your bad, to your burnout is break up with that project. It's like the classic, uh, why do you keep hitting yourself with the hammer? Because it feels so good when I stop. I don't think it's exactly that, Isn't but it's it? like if you find yourself, if you find yourself hammer hitting, stop hammer time. Well, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> it's gone off the rails. <laughs> Too legit to quit. There aren't enough songs 
in there are pop- definitely enough songs. No, there aren't enough songs in popular music today that have accompanying that have that come with accompanying hand gestures. <laughs> I had no, I did. That's not where I thought this was going. Too legit. Uh-huh. Too legit to quit. Hey, hey. Yeah. I mean, it, you, you, people on people listening can't see, but he has actually done two, the number two, the L sign with his fingers, the the quit sign, where you, like all of it, as, it just, as if as if you were in that third is muscle, grade again. That is muscle memory. Yeah, too legit. Yeah, I can see. Too legit to quit. Hey, hey. So, do we have to pay rights for that? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but but how come more songs? Boom 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 boom. No, come on, stop. <laughs> How come more songs don't have hand gestures? Hand gestures. Mostly because it's an it's it's an audio medium, Brian. There, I know, but are there any other? I mean, and I don't want to talk about like the Macarena right now. I mean, I do, but I want to resist the urge. But no, are are there there are? Can you think of any other song like a contemporary song with hand gestures? Yeah. Well, accompanying hand gestures. As an increasingly elderly father of two. I'm I'm I am rapidly moving away from that from from the demographic that's that's best positioned to answer your question. Yeah, but I don't think like Matchbox Twenty had any hand gestures. <laughs> I'm burned out of this. Okay, what's the next topic?